everybody, it's Katie from The Practical Idealist. I am alone today because Destry, the poor sap, is uh, off at work making money. I, on the other hand, was lucky enough to get off work early enough that I was able to go and see the rebroadcast of National Theatre Live's Frankenstein. It was a first broadcast in 2011, and the performances were, the entire run was sold out. The one that I watched today was with Benedict Cumberbatch as the creature, and I do have tickets to see the next production of it, which is going to be Johnny Lee Miller as the creature. I'm not going to talk too long about it, just because I don't want to bore you when you could go and see it yourself. But I did want to talk a little bit about some of the themes that I heard and why I found it to be as fascinating as I did. There are spoilers, so if you just want to experience it on your own, which I definitely encourage you to do, maybe skip this one until you get the chance to go and see it yourself. Since Destry was not able to accompany me, my father came and he decided to go and see it with me and then took me home after and I got a little bit of his thoughts in the car ride on the way home. And I plan on doing that again when we see the second performance in another week. Alright, so what did you think? I thought it was very good. I was not sure what to expect because of the, you know, the, the previews. It looked kind of grotesque, but it wasn't. I was lost in several places because I really didn't know the true story of Frankenstein. The only thing that I know is from the stupid movies that you see. Like not, the not dumb the old horror movies? Yeah, exactly. So it's like the, the first scene when he somehow got lost or got out. I didn't even realize that's what was happening. Well, he got born, essentially. Well, he got born, but then I, I assume that was Frankenstein that he met the, for the first time? Yeah, that was I didn't his even creator. catch that. And then all of a sudden he's out wandering around, and it's like I didn't understand the whole thing with the train. And that's when I finally figured out, oh, he got out of the lab. Mm -hmm. Right, so it's like that kind of stuff. I was I was kind of lost at, but uh, the acting was was good. I mean, I just kept listening and trying to figure out what was going on. So I'm really looking forward to seeing seeing the second the one. The second one with the actors being a little different, and then at least I will understand more. So I'll probably enjoy. You'll it. be able to follow it a little bit better. Yeah, I'll be able to follow what all the the things that are going on, but. I thought the acting was was well. So did you understand the theming? Like, did you understand kind of what they were getting across as far as... About the creator and God and the creator and the created. Yeah, like, what were you getting out of it? I was curious. What I was getting at, it, it, like, there was a couple different things, it seemed like, at different points. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, Frankenstein's monster was wanting to know who his creator was and... Frankenstein himself wouldn't um, I mean he lived up to saying yes I am the, the one who created you but he didn't say hey it was a good thing that I did he never took responsibility never took responsibility for anything and like at, at the end you know when Frankenstein says all I wanted was for you to love me mm -hmm. the and monster like, you mean yeah the monster or the creature the creature as Frankenstein's creature yeah he uh, he all he wanted was for Frankenstein to love him, and if he had, you know, I don't know what he was expecting at the very beginning, why he was so repulsed. I mean, he was the one that made him. Why was he so repulsed at what he looked like? I think, I mean, stuff? what I got from it was that he didn't think it was going to work. 
yeah, at the beginning be it, it was, oh, yeah. hey, it works. That's creepy. And then he runs <laughs> off, right. So it's like, what what was that all about? Why was he well, what did you What did you think it was about? What was... When you watched it, what did you? What were well, you? Well, that's what I was confused at. Why didn't he come back? Why and didn't be, Frankenstein, the creator, or the creature? The creator. Come, okay. Why didn't he come back? And then I finally realized that oh, he escaped. The mm-hmm. monster escaped. Okay. And he got away. That's what I was confused at. What was going on there? Because gotcha. he he came out. He saw him. He ran off. And then it's like all of a sudden, you know, the thing with the train and. He's outside with the people. It's like, when did all this happen? <laughs> I was totally confused. It, it didn't. It wasn't clear to me. Right. What was going on? So it took a while to figure that out. And the it's story like, itself. Yeah, because the the whole thing at the beginning when they were talking about, um, you know, the old the, the old blind man. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, are people all bad when they're first born? It's and the cre- good? It, It's the nature versus nurture debate. It's are people born good or are people... Yeah, and if you go by the biblical way, like what they were talking about, is like we're all born in sin, so we have a sinful nature and we need to change to become better. Mm-hmm. And they were saying, showing it that they were born, he was born good, and he wanted to be a good thing, except the people that abused him and were attacking him made him into the bad creature that he was. Mm-hmm. You know, even when he meets Elizabeth, she's has a different idea about him, so she's being very nice to him, even though he's hideous looking, but she's still being nice. She didn't, you know, the first look of him mm-hmm. was horror, but then also amazement. she was, was amazed at what Dr. Frankenstein had actually done. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was just interesting, the back and forth. I think there was a lot of back and forth between the two ideas. Did you feel like they were pushing you in one way? Or did you get something different than you think the the writer intended you to get? It seemed like it was more like you're born good. Mm-hmm. And because of the circumstances around you, all this bad stuff happens. It was almost like they needed each other, whereas Frankenstein needed to chase after him. And mm-hmm. The monster needed for Frankenstein to be chasing him. Mm-hmm. No. So, did you feel that that was what the show was about? Was nature versus nurture? Do you think that that was what the purpose of the show was about? The purpose? I don't know. I'd have to think. Like the about thematic that. statement, if you know what that means. Yeah. When we left the theater, what did you leave like feeling? What were you thinking about when you left? <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking about just what was going on and what was going to happen, and I remember having seen. A piece of a movie, I think, where this theme of Frankenstein chasing him to the North Pole, mm-hmm. and I was thinking, oh, that's what they're talking about. That's where they got that. So I was just trying to understand that. So you're but more I focused think, on the story itself, then. Yeah, than the real full meaning mm-hmm. of what she was trying to push or whatever. Maybe you know, the next when I see the second one, maybe that mm-hmm. will come become more clear to me as I am um, understanding the storyline mm-hmm. more and what the stuff that was going on instead of me trying to figure out like right. what's, what's happening here. Where is here? this where going? Did, yeah, where, where, where did he come from? Like, what's, what's happening here? So yeah, I think that will probably help me okay. more. I'm just so used to like with seeing the other plays that I have seen, I've seen them a hundred times mm-hmm. until they finally get to me and it's like I understand, okay, this is what 
is really happening. Well, and that's the interesting thing that I've always thought about theater is that it's not really meant to be seen multiple times. Yeah, it's not. It's meant to be, it's meant to exist in a little microcosm where it's a snap. And that's why theater is so awesome because everything is happening in an instant. And you can't replay it, you just have to experience it. Yeah, and that's why it's so important for the writer to make sure that they write everything so that the person who's watching understands everything that's happening. If you don't understand, or at least with me, if I don't understand a part, I'm concentrating on trying to get back to understanding what's happening, and I miss a lot. But isn't that kind of the point of art, that it is up to interpretation? Like, that it's not necessarily the the writer or the artist's job to walk you step by step through what you're supposed to be thinking and feeling and experiencing? Maybe there's a couple ways of thinking about that too, but no, I would much rather know what the author is trying to tell you, and then when I walk through it and listen to it and look at it, then I can either agree or disagree with them. So you don't like interpreting for yourself, you'd rather... You'd rather no, hear it straight insert... from the horse's mouth first, and then... Something like that. I'd okay. rather hear it straight from, and then I can you decide an... whether I liked it or agree or disagree with it. But yeah, okay. I'd rather just understand what is going on. So that's why sometimes I understand the, the explanation of things before I watch it, so that I understand what's going on. It's just like your mom, she listens to somebody, she wants to write notes. If I mm-hmm. write notes, then I totally lose whatever the you speaker is speaking. You need to be focusing on their intention. On, yes, I want to understand what their intention is, and then I will listen to what they're saying, and then whether I agree or not agree. Okay. Disagree. That's fair enough. So, from following the story, though, were you more drawn to, or did you feel like you understood the perspective of the creature or the perspective of Frankenstein more? I think of the creature more for some reason. You are thinking of the creature more? Yeah, I was thinking like, more Like, did you feel like you understood the creature more than the creator? Yes, I think so, because he was the one that was the underdog. People want to feel more for the underdog, because a creator could have done things differently, but he created and then just left them, abandoned them, like he said. But I think also that Frankenstein had a different story in this one than you usually see. Yeah. Like the creator himself, I felt like he had some different explanations than you're used to seeing. Yeah, but his explanation was that he kind of just wanted to see if it would work. Mm-hmm. Without thinking of the consequences of what if it does. Just like with DNA, they can create a baby if they wanted to, just so by cells, ne- and then like, what's going to happen? You know, what, are you are you really thinking about what could happen? Once the you morality do the, the of mor- it, the whole morality, yeah. Versus, well, we can, but should we? Yeah, exactly. But he didn't think that either. He said, "I think I could make it happen." He did make it happen, and then, like you said, maybe he didn't believe that it would, or he um, didn't think about you know, what was going to happen after he did it. So did you think that Frankenstein made the right choice by killing the bride, the new creation, the the, the, the woman? No, I don't think he did. I'm not sure what he was afraid of other than his dream with his uh, brother. His brother was asking, you know, can he recreate? And if he does, what's going to happen? But since it came from humans... I think if they had procreated, had kids or whatever, I don't think they would have turned out bad, mm-hmm. depending on how they were brought up and stuff like that. Well, so. I mean, the way I interpreted that scene was that it was his subconscious coming back and asking all of the questions that he should have asked 
before he made the original creature. Probably so. So it was like, well, what if this happened? Well, what if this happened? What if this happened? What, why, what if you can't control this? And once he went through that process, he ultimately made the decision that he never should have done it in the first place. And right. that's why he's like, I can't let this keep going on because this never should have happened to begin with. And then why didn't he kill his um, creation because right he, away? Because he couldn't because he created it. It's like, why can't well, he you... created keep, the, the If your kid's too. a murderer, why can't... But he, he never officially gave her life. He created the physical body, but that's what he was saying. He hadn't yeah, finished I wouldn't, her I, I wouldn't, didn't know if that happened because it happened behind the curtain, right? Yeah, that's what, he went behind the curtain and so that's when he started if, slashing her. Yeah, that's why, I mean, I didn't know if she came to life and then he did that or what, so... But, yeah, no, I mean, right at the end, I think, then... Didn't uh, the monster ask Elizabeth something similar to that? If you had a baby and he looked like me, would you be able to kill it? Well, that's a and, difference, though. It's if he looked like me, not if he did the things that I did. Well, I think it would be the same thing. A, a parrot, whether he looked hideous or mm -hmm. whether he did hideous things, would a parrot be able to kill their kid? Mm -hmm. Probably not. Well, I think that he was more asking her, would you, would you make the same decisions that he did? Would you abandon me? Yeah. Not really even realizing, I think, that what Frankenstein did, he didn't really see as abandoning. Because, I mean, I could be wrong, but what I thought happened was that he, Frankenstein, seeing the creature is moving, he freaked out. The creature, getting freaked out by him getting freaked out, ran, and he right. just never found him again. So he didn't necessarily abandon him. Yeah, and you don't really know whether he did or not, but it sounded like you're right because he just didn't do a went, lot to go and look for him. <laughs> he kind of went crazy thinking about that, but was he just thinking about it or was he really searching for him? I think he went he he chose not to continue, not to pursue the searching for him yeah. and then went crazy over, "Oh, I did this." Yeah. I felt some interesting things watching it. I thought there were a lot of themes introduced that were quite strong in many ways. I might have to think about it a lot more, I think, before I come to any conclusions. Did you think Benedict Cumberbatch did a good job as the creature? Oh yeah, I thought right at the beginning when he first... Was born? Was born trying to do all the, the things, like, I'm glad that they explained he's got an adult mind. Mm -hmm. He can think things... A fully things. formed brain. He can think things through quicker. He can retain things quicker than the body can. So the body's not going to do what the mind wants to do. Mm -hmm. So that was interesting. So it's like all the movements and all that stuff kind of... I was thinking about that when he was trying to get up and well, trying to walk. Because he mentioned during that, that pre-thing that his inspiration for the movements came from his, watching veterans who were recovering from injuries or like stroke victims who had to learn how to use their limbs again. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I know what I need to do, but how, where does that brain process go from thinking things to making things work? So I thought that was kind yeah. of interesting because I felt like you could see some of that too, like the way he was holding his body. So it was a very interesting physical performance. Yeah, that's why I'm really curious to see how the other guy does. I'm curious to see how they were, they were both saying how they brought a lot of their creatures' movements into their Frankenstein. So I'm curious to see how that translates, too. Yeah, I'm curious to see. Am I going to notice that? The director maybe would notice it a lot more, the people that were watching as it was forming, changing. Well, 
it's gonna be interesting seeing it again and how the relationships change. I'm gonna just have to think about this one because I saw a lot of things and I had a lot of thoughts about a lot of themes. Well, I mean, like, I the, the train there. thing was obviously a very brutal and powerful beating you over the head with the Industrial Revolution and how, like, it's changing our world and it changes the people in it. And the continuing, like, using the sounds of the train at a heartbeat tempo, they continue to use that sound as, like, this intrusion into this okay. idyllic landscape. Which is what you saw happen to the creature where he's like out in nature and he's like, yeah, this is pretty after being brutally assaulted by the Industrial Revolution and by the yeah, sounds and, that's, that's and what, the smoke and that's the That's what I didn't and... understand because it's like I thought he was still in the laboratory. No, yeah, he like stumbled out of it and he was and on the street. And, and that's and... what I didn't catch. That's why I didn't understand what was going on. And all of a sudden the train comes or a machine. It's like, what is this place that he's at? Is he in some tunnel somewhere? <laughs> is that where he got created? Or what is it? And then what are these people doing? So that threw me until a little later. That's when I figured, okay, that probably means that he escaped. That's why I think the second time when I see it, I will understand that and a I, little bit more. I mean, I thought it was interesting that the first things he hears are monstrous. And the first things he hears are that, you know, people are rough and painful. Yeah. And that's his experience with human beings up until he meets the nice man. And even then, it turns into something rough and painful. Yeah, but what really, like, him, right? the part that, like, stabbing me in the chest was after Elizabeth dies when Frankenstein's father comes in and has him, like, dragged away. He calls his son monstrous. Like, as Frankenstein is being dragged from the room, the father turns, he goes, monstrous. Like, your behavior. So, it, like, okay. and you see suddenly that there's, not only is it Frankenstein and his creation, his creature, as the creator versus created, but there's also the dynamic of Frankenstein's father and himself as creator and created. And the disappointment okay. from the father to the son, and the disappointment from the creator to the created, and it's like... I felt like they were showing okay. that really that juxtaposition really clearly. Like it doesn't matter whether he's created by science or by natural means, you can disappoint anyone. <laughs> Just because you're created by again natural means doesn't mean that it makes you a good person. Doesn't mean that it makes you any more connected to humanity. Because I thought that Frankenstein himself, like that was something that he continued to like that issue that he continued to go through was that he didn't feel connected to anyone or anything. Right. And he had that issue with connecting to people, which is why he connected and he understood his, his creature so well, because he's like, yeah, that's what I'm like too. But that doesn't give you a right to go and kill people because I'm not doing that. It was beautiful and terrifying. And I, I was in tears by the end of it. And I loved them together. It was, they were terrifying together and you could see them just, the power dynamic between the two of them and watching as each one took control from the other as Frankenstein lost himself to the creature and the creature bows down to the master and like they kept switching roles on stage visually they kept changing places and they kept giving and taking from both from like the text like the words that they were saying but also physically they were trading this power and it was so fascinating to watch. I want to read the script again. I want to read the script and really take in some of those words because I feel like I was missing 
a couple words as I was coughing and stuff, but it was so interesting, and it was beautifully done, and I felt so very sorry for that poor stage manager trying to uh, coordinate light and sound and set movement cues all at once. I was also wondering with my techie brain whether the light flashing cues at the very beginning, if those were being cued by Benedict Cumberbatch's movements, or whether Benedict Cumberbatch's movements were being cued by the light cues. <laughs> Who was making the decision there? Because everything was very specific. But yeah, I, I found it fascinating, so... I'm probably going to record more when I go upstairs. From a technical standpoint, it was brilliant. It was beautifully staged. The lighting was absolutely breathtaking. I was drooling with envy over how beautiful it was. Sound design was phenomenal as well. There's this really interesting kind of industrial music that was used, and it was by a specific band whose name I, of course, cannot think of at the moment, but I felt like it really added a lot of personality to the show as a whole not just you know as scene change coverage but I felt like it gave an emotional voice especially at the beginning of the show when the creature is kind of discovering everything it, it definitely helped usher you along bandit cumberbatch as the creature was really fascinating he was phenomenal of course I honestly didn't realize that he was such a physical actor but his performance was absolutely inspired. At the beginning of the broadcast or the movie, they had a little behind the scenes thing and he was talking about how he took a lot of inspiration for his creature movements from veterans who were getting over brain trauma or stroke victims who were retraining their limbs when uh, they lost that ability and how the creature's mind is a fully formed, fully developed brain that is processing things faster than the body can physically translate. And you could definitely see that coming through. I was, as usual, enraptured by Johnny Lee Miller. He's actually one of my favorite actors and has been for a while. If you have not seen his version of Emma, where he plays the only good Jane Austen male, Mr. Knightley, go and watch it now. It is wonderful. You will fall in love with him all over again. He's also very well known from elementary. So yes, we had two Sherlock Holmeses on stage at the same time. But besides that, his portrayal of Frankenstein, the creator, was surprisingly raw to me. I wasn't expecting him to be so emotional. Honestly, I don't know what I was expecting from that character. I am very familiar with Frankenstein. It's one of the books that I keep coming back to not even knowing why I find it so fascinating. And I thought that this version of the story definitely did justice to a lot of the character intentions while giving the creature a voice that he didn't have as much before. I liked that the show was structured in a kind of two-act flip where you learn everything from the creature's perspective. You are really tracking the creature's story from beginning to end but you get to know the creation before you get to know the creator. And I liked being able to spend some time getting to know this nameless character before you get to know the man who committed this crime against nature, or did he, in order to bring him into existence. The only performance that kind of fell flat for me, and it may have been more the character's fault than the actress's, was the woman who played Elizabeth. I found her kind of boring. She was an effective plot device, but I don't think that she added a lot to the performance as a whole. It could have been someone different, and it probably 
would have been the same. So I don't know if it was her fault or the character's fault, but there's that. Some of the themes that really jumped out to me this time, and I may change my mind when I see it again, but the first one was definitely how the Industrial Revolution kind of bitch-slapped humanity into maybe losing a little of their humanity. At the beginning of the show, after the creature stumbles from the laboratory, He's suddenly thrown smack dab into this industrial, raw, painful world where everything is noise and sparks and people dancing and yelling and screaming and beating him. And there's this beautiful moment where a steam train made of gears comes the center of the stage, operated entirely by human labor. And it was something that you you kept hearing, the sound of the train coming through throughout the show, only this time that kind of screeching, geary sound was made to the beat of a heartbeat. So it was very painful and, and grating. Another thing that really stood out to me was that the writer kind of tricks you into thinking that this is solely a story about Frankenstein and his creature. It's easy to translate into a story of, is this morally correct to create a human being? When, toward the end of the show, after Elizabeth has died and Frankenstein is screaming and railing and going a little bit crazy... Frankenstein's father comes in and looks at his son flailing about and as Frankenstein is being dragged from the room his father calls him monstrous. In that moment you suddenly become aware that you're seeing a dual story of Frankenstein and his father, Frankenstein and his creation. So two sets of fathers and sons essentially and neither one living up to what their creator was hoping they would. So I thought that the writer did a great job of questioning whether it was just a matter of is it right to physically create another human being through measures of pulling apart the dead and reanimating it? Or is it still a question creating new life through more natural means? Is that a moral right? The creature constantly reminds the audience and constantly reminds Frankenstein that he never asked to be born, that he never asked to be made. He never requested to be brought into this world and to be thrown into everything that happened to him. And it does beg the question, you know, as human beings, none of us really ask to come into the world, and yet here we are, thrown into situations that we were not prepared for, that we didn't ask for, but you still have to make the best of whatever you're given. So there is certainly a healthy dose of nature versus nurture thrown into the mix. I think that the creature certainly offers that nurture is the biggest part of what makes a human being good or evil. But I felt that the stronger question was not so much, is someone good or evil, but how much right do we have to continue putting them into situations where they could turn good or evil? I'm getting very philosophical as I get more tired and more sick. But those were certainly the biggest themes for me. I am aching with fascination to see how Johnny Lee Miller's creature differs from Benedict Cumberbatch's. I can't wait to see how their relationship changes. I was so in love every time both of them were on stage together. It was painful to watch because they were they these two men are so brilliant and these two characters were so heartbreaking. The ending with them coming to this realization that both of them need each other to live because they both hate each other and themselves for the same reason. It was 
heart-wrenching. And I was certainly in tears as they left the stage and went off into the ether with this realization that their only purpose in life now is to torment and kill each other. But they need each other for exactly that purpose. It was so heartbreaking. I am going to be thinking about the show for a very long time. And I don't know that I will ever be able to watch it enough to really glean every ounce of what they put into the show. It was so brilliant. And I can only imagine how much more amazing it must have been to experience live and in the moment. If you ever get a chance to see either of these, do whatever you have to do to see this. It is incredible, and it will change the way you view Frankenstein the story, Frankenstein the creature. It's going to change the way you think about almost existence, I'd say. I, I would suggest that it's going to change the way you think about life. It certainly made me think harder. So, sorry that this has been a little bit rambly and weird. I hope that you got something from it anyway, and I hope that you will go and see this. So here we are, after the second one. What were your thoughts this time, Dad? Well, I think in general, I liked this one a little bit more because the Frankenstein seemed to be a little more unlikable. You mean the creature the, or no, the... No, the, the actual Dr. Okay. Frankenstein where the other, he just seemed like a more likable person. And one of the things that I, I don't know if it was just me, but Elizabeth seemed to have a better rapport in the other one. In the first one with the, Johnny Lee Miller one. playing Frankenstein? Exactly. I mean, she was smiling more. She was more pleasant. And in this one, it just didn't seem like the rapport was there. Maybe that okay. was just my imagination. I just noticed that Cumberbatch was a little more harsh, it seemed like. And it was more clear-cut of what he thought about the creature that he made. I liked the, the first one, but it was a little bit more questionable as to maybe the intent, but this mm -hmm. one was a little clearer because he was more driven by whatever it was he was driven by. What do you think he was driven by? He seemed to be fascinated by himself having made the creature, but if he was really intent on killing the creature, he could have very easily done it in the scene where Elizabeth got killed mm -hmm. and he chose not to and drop the gun. So you feel like he made more of a conscious decision not to kill him in this one versus... Well, I don't know if it was a conscious decision, but he was more driven by the... He didn't want to destroy the thing that he had made that he, he was so enraptured He didn't want to destroy, by. yeah, because that was kind of what was brought up with her, you know, when, when the creature said something to her about, look at me, if you had a child that was like this, would you kill it? And she said, no, not at all. And then Dr. Frankenstein had the same issue. He could not kill his own creation, even though he killed his wife. And you would have thought that at that moment when he saw, you just killed my wife, you're a goner. He still couldn't do it. Right. And then even at the end, the scene at the end made a lot more sense, the way they were playing it and the way the Frankenstein monster was... All I wanted was for you to love me. And he's thinking that they could reconcile amongst themselves and then know when Dr. Frank and I woke up, it was more like, yeah, let's go back at it. So it was more he was being driven towards the search, just like he was driven towards the search of finding the answer of life and creating life. He was also more driven at the search of trying to go after the monster and trying to kill it, even though he really didn't want to kill it. He knew that he never really could. He knew that he couldn't. He right. could never stop trying. And then and the one scene earlier when the monster was reading the poem 
Paradise Lost or when he was doing the Milton poem? The Paradise Lost, I think, is when he was saying he felt more like Satan. Yeah. And that seemed to be the thing that was driving him. Even though he wanted to be good, also he needed to be more of the Satan character. So you felt like... he didn't want to be, he really wanted to be somebody that he could love, but he was more driven by the hate. So you felt like the creature in this one was leaning more toward enjoying the evilness as opposed to... No, I don't think he enjoyed it. He felt like... If he was playing this role, he might as well commit to it. He might as well just keep going because he tried to be nice. He tried to be good. No one let him do it. Even when he's laying there at the end wanting to almost like reconcile with Frankenstein saying, you know, oh, you love me now? I think he would have dropped his whole act and everything. But since Frankenstein said, no, let's keep going. He said, okay, that's That's my my role. role. That's what I have to do. That's what you put me in. So that's what I have to do. Yeah, that's the impression I got. And I saw that more in this one than I did in the other one. So do you think that Johnny Lee Miller did a better job as the creature than as Frankenstein? Like, did you think that in this change of roles that they were better suited? Or did you like the first one better? Well, since it's hard telling because the first one was a lot of surprise stuff. But seeing it the second time, I liked the second one. And I think he did a really good job of being the creature. Mm -hmm. And like I said, Cumberbatch seemed to do a better job of playing the... Frankenstein. Yeah, Dr. Frankenstein. So you saw his, his motivation a little bit more. I think, you... I think so. The other one, you could almost like kind of understand what he was in. But in this one, Dr. Frankenstein was just driven by this want for not power, but... Infamy? Because even in the scene when he's talking about what he created and how he did it, it was more pointed at how I did this for science. I created life. I was able to do this. Where in the other play, he didn't push that as much, or at least it didn't seem like it was emphasized as much when he was playing the role, even though he said the words the he same. He said the same words. But you I, couldn't I tell know. what he was driven by as opposed to this, Cumberbatch being driven more by the pursuit of science itself. Something like that, yeah. Pursuit of science and Becoming this is enraptured my life. in himself yes. and having done all of this. And it was like he said that he cared about his wife being killed on their wedding day, but it He cared more about going after the creature. That was his obsession, it seemed like. He just traded obsessions from creating to destroying the creation. Yes. Because he was the creator, so he could do what he wanted to. Mm -hmm. But yet he couldn't do it. He was obsessed saying that he wanted to go after him and kill it, but he couldn't kill it. It was more the obsession of the procedure of going through all that than it was the pursuit more than actually capturing and killing. So the first time we watched it, you didn't really understand what was going on as much. You you got a little bit confused. There was a lot of stuff that I didn't understand. And I still, like, if I hadn't known what was going on at the beginning, I still would not have gotten it from the way they showed the play. Because nowhere does it show that the creature left and was looking for where he was at. But they could have shown a couple seconds of the creature running out of the room. I think that the idea was that after Frankenstein ran out of the lab, the creature followed him. But they didn't show that. They should have taken two seconds for to show the monster stand up and run, and then lights off, and then you would have understood. Okay, he got away. Otherwise, it was still still, confusing at the beginning. It wasn't that it was confusing because I knew what was happening, but to me, it's like it didn't show it. I would Mm -hmm. have still done some little tiny thing different that could have shown what was really happening. Other than you have to know that he got away, that he ran off. Right. So I asked this the first time we watched it. What did you leave with? Was there anything in particular? about it that you were like oh that was really cool or 
that was something new that I didn't catch, or did you already? Just the whole way that the characters, the guys portrayed each other. Mm -hmm. It's like it made more sense than when the other one did it, but I think it's because it's the second time I heard it. Right. Did you find the creature more or less sympathetic in this one? Did you find him more pathetic or less pathetic, or were you more drawn to Dr. Frankenstein in this one since you understood his motivation more? No, I think I was more drawn towards the creature. Still the creature? Yeah, because of the way he was playing the role of Frankenstein, I understood what his obsession was, but it wasn't... It It wasn't wasn't relatable. It wasn't the creature's fault that he turned out the way he did because he started off not knowing anything like a little child, and then the old man is teaching him, but he decides to kill, but the reason that he killed him was because of what the old man had taught him. This is what the Romans do when they're angry and going after people, they... And that's something that the creature always says. He's like, I'm, I'm logical. I work from logic. So yeah. when faced with an injustice, and this is the first time he really can understand that an injustice is being done to him, he's like, well, what do I do? I this is what all what of I the great and leaders and all of the heroes have done. They go and they get revenge. This is how you get revenge. That's right. And th- that's what he was doing and because he didn't know any better. And now I have the opportunity. So that means if I want to be a great man, I have to do this. That's right. And it's like the same with him killing the, the brother of Frankenstein. It's like, why did he kill him? I could have killed every single person in that town and you wouldn't have come. Mm-hmm. I killed him and you came. I knew you would come. And that's why I love that first scene between the two of them. He's like, yes, I'm, I'm logical and I'm sorry I'm acting this way because I know how to think. And Frankenstein's like, yeah, you are logical, but your logic is flawed. Yeah. And I love that moment. I think that Johnny Lee Miller's creature emphasized that moment a little bit more where the creature goes, wait, it is? He doesn't have yeah. that concept. He's like, oh, it is? Well, tell me. And he's always so eager to learn. But everyone who tries to teach him is refusing to give him information beyond everyone is horrible. Yeah, or more you are horrible. The moral superiority. I definitely saw a lot of that in this version, more so than I think I saw in the other one. Yeah, and that's why I liked the creature more in this one. Mm -hmm. And I liked Cumberbatch in the way he played Dr. Frankenstein because I think he portrayed that whole the doctor and his obsession. He wasn't as likable as a person as... Johnny Lee Miller's Frankenstein? Yes, I I don't know if I agree with that. Well, I think I'm a lot like you in that I can pretty much excuse almost anything if I can understand why people do things. And I agree. I think that Cumberbatch was better as Dr. Frankenstein, but his coldness didn't necessarily make him less likable. I kind of found that he was more likable because you could understand more of like where this was coming from. It's not that he didn't care. It was that he had a one-track mind. I just was looking at the way he was interacting with Elizabeth. The connection wasn't quite I agree. That was kind of weird to me. The other one. The other one was different and she seemed to be more... She she was a lot more warm. I I agree. Then in this one she was kind of cold and just... I don't particularly like her. I didn't like either of her performances I wasn't drawn to her one way I don't know I just didn't like her I don't know if it was the character's fault or if it was her fault but I don't think that the character did a lot to push the plot forward other than you're nice I'm going to rape and kill you now (laughs) it was kind of weird this time I noticed that the filming was very different in this one too yeah I noticed that too with some of the close-ups and stuff were a little different because the guys weren't doing exactly the same thing yeah they were trying to catch the new angles so yeah they were doing things a little different but it didn't distract me as much because sometimes there were things that you saw better this time and like oh yeah that makes sense and they got a lot more close-ups of Johnny's creature than I think they did of Benedict Cumberbatch's I saw his face 
face a lot more. And maybe it was just, I was looking at it more because I like Johnny Lee Miller. Oh, okay. Yeah, and the makeup was different, I noticed. They even did the makeup differently on the female creature. And obviously, Johnny Lee Miller's makeup was very different than Bandit Cumberbatch's. Partially because they had to cover up all of his tattoos. I know he has ones going all the way up one arm and I think partially across his chest too. Oh, okay. So yeah, he, he's got big tattoos. I don't know. I think I liked this one better, but I kind of always knew I would. So did Before. you pick up on any of the themes I was talking about last time? Kind like of. the industrial revolution and the, uh, I don't know, that, the multiple creator thing. To me, that just made me think of the sounds of the big city. Just him being in the middle of all these sounds that would kind of scare you, that would throw throw you away that would make you want to get away from the big city especially since he wasn't able to speak and understand everything mm-hmm. at that time until after he was with the uh, old man and learned with him for a year. I liked their dynamic in this one a lot better too, I think. I thought that there was a lot more humor in this one. I liked the way Johnny was mimicking him a lot more. Yeah, with the crossed hands and, and there stuff was, like that. Yeah, There was some of that. There was some of that in the first one. Their physical presences were so different, but I, I liked the mimicry. It added that touch of humor which I think that show kind of needs a little bit to lighten it because it's so heavy and I felt like they had an interesting dynamic the two of them did you recognize him this time has he rung any bells Oh, the old guy. No, he just looked familiar. He's on Lark Rise to Candleford. He's just like the doddering old guy, and he's so funny in it. And yeah, like I said, he looked familiar, but then there's a couple other people that vaguely looked familiar. Yeah, I think that the dad was in something, too. Yeah, he looked familiar, but I didn't know where. I couldn't figure out his accent. I think it's Jamaican. That's kind of the impression that I got, so I didn't know if that's what the idea was or if that was just because... That's how we speak. I think there was a bit of suspension of disbelief in that whole family. Yeah. <laughs> there was some interesting racial mixing going on, but it was just funny because in the first one, Black Dad, two very, very white kids. And then in this one, we've got a Black Dad, Black Kid, one very, 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 I don't think you can get much whiter than Benedict Cumberbatch. But I have seen, and I know somebody that is biracial. I work with him, and his mother's white, his father was black, and his brother and sisters look more white than they do black. He even <laughs> talked about it, that he is the darkest of his whole family, <laughs> and he looks more like his dad did than his brother, so I think it does happen. Uh, it made me laugh a little bit in this one when um, the creature met William. You could tell that Johnny Lee Miller had just had a kid because he was being so careful with that kid, <laughs> as opposed really, to the first one. On the yeah, like Bandit that? Cumberbatch was kind of throwing the kid around, but Johnny was like holding on really tight. <laughs> It was interesting, too, just watching how they were growing up, learning how to walk. That was a little different. on. Oh, yeah. It was was very different. It was interesting. I knew it was going to be different, but it was... I felt like I was watching a completely different show. Well, I wonder how closely they were every day they did it. If they just did whatever they felt like, or was that performance exactly the same? That's the intention, yeah. I know the other time you were wondering if the cues... The lighting cues? If the actor was picking up from the light, but I know noticed on this one there was one scene where the Frankenstein monster in that early one where he jerks forward and then the light comes off. Yeah, it looked like so it in looks this like case they were, going, they were going off of him. Off of him, that's what yeah. it looked like. He was a lot was. more vocal than Benedict was too in that scene. Like he was making a lot more, yeah, yeah, a lot more vocal sounds as opposed to just hitting the ground multiple times. Yeah. It was fascinating how different it was. Yeah, because one of the things I thought of on the first one when a baby is learning how to walk, the first thing that they do is they crawl. Mm-hmm. 
and then if they try standing up they usually fall on their butt and then they drag themselves around on their butt and cumberbatch didn't do that when he was playing the creature but oh he didn't not as much as johnny lee miller johnny lee miller he looked like he was more like a little kid like he said he picked that up from his own so he was watching his kid and then he was able to draw from that so i thought you could kind of see that in what he was doing yeah a little more i mean i thought that johnny lee miller was a lot more his creature was a lot more physical than benedict cumberbatch was it felt a lot more human and animalistic as opposed to benedict cumberbatch who had the kind of insectoid approach to it like his approach to the creature didn't feel human to me. And it felt like he held on to a lot of physical tics. And even the lisp, like he said. Yeah, and Johnny Lee Miller throughout the show, you could tell, like, I felt like he was progressing. The creature was continuing to learn throughout the show. I felt more in this one than I did in the last one that the way he was choosing to move, the stilted way he was moving, was less about him not knowing how to and more about the fact that maybe not all of the pieces were working the way they should. Yeah, and or that's the way he learned it, so he's going to keep doing it Right. no one showed him. But Johnny Lee him. Miller's creature, being such a mimicker, he would have been able to do it if the parts were allowing were him. Better, As yeah. opposed to with Benedict Cumberbatch's, I felt like he just never learned. Like you said before, that he got it in his head that this is how you do it, and that's the way he was doing it. And I think the speech that caught me more this time, and that I kind of missed with Benedict's, was I loved his speech to Elizabeth. She asks what he's good at, and he's like, oh, I'm, I'm good at assimilating. I learned how to do this, and I learned how to read, and I learned how to talk, and then I learned the most important thing, the thing that only humans can do, I learned how to lie. Uh, And I felt like that speech was kind of lost with Benedict Cumberbatch because of the way he was speaking for the character. It was so garbled that while, you know, it was still legible, it just didn't have the same impact that this one did, at least to me. And if you were to go back to the one speech that the old man that he lived with was talking about, you know, whether a person is good or whether you're bad when you're first born, but you could see the creature having started out as being good because he was an empty slate and then he ends up being bad because he learns all the negative and bad things. And no one gives him a chance to do otherwise. Yes, because he's still playing that character of Satan that he had to be that way. That's what he felt more like. He just seemed like, well, since I I kind of feel that way, that's who I feel like. I guess I have to act that way too. So I'm going to keep on doing that and especially that's going to be my thing that I'm going to work towards. I have to be like him, so I'm going to keep drawing dr frankenstein on because that's the only thing that i can do Mm -hmm. like if he kills me then it'll be over but if i can do my job like satan does is try to draw people into evil and try to follow me that's what i'm gonna do so you think that maybe he was searching for redemption in doing his job even if doing his job was doing evil something like that yeah and maybe it was just me understanding and listening better hearing more that they both seem to do a better job of explaining themselves as they were speaking i kind of agree i felt like they both were they they were both settled into these roles a little bit more yeah, than they it, were it'd into be their curious to ones. know when did they film the one versus filming the other i was thinking that too could they have filmed the one at more to the beginning and then filmed the other one closer to the end one or both of them just learned their roles and i guess he just liked one role better than the other So did you see any of Benedict's creature in his Frankenstein? The only thing that I would say is the anger that the creature had. He seemed 
to show that anger in the Frankenstein. He chooses, instead of killing the monster, where he could have killed him anytime he wanted to, he could have had a knife or a gun with him anytime. He had lots of choices, lots of times where he could have easily killed him. And then he decides to kill the woman instead of killing the monster. But she wasn't fully created yet. Mm-hmm. He hadn't given her the spark of life. Well, okay, the way I understood it was that her heart was beating, like he created her body, but he hadn't sparked her brain yet. Because the heart beating is not necessarily life, apparently, the way they were talking about it, too. I mean, having her walk while he was holding her, that is something that a unconscious body could not do. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was something that they kind of talked about with the creature, too, is that like the first time Frankenstein speaks to his creature on the mountain, he's like, oh, you can talk. So while he always knew that he could create the physical body, and he's like, this isn't a surprise. I knew this was going to happen. The fact that he was, like, talking and thinking and processing. He didn't know that he would be able to. He didn't, yeah. He wasn't expecting that part of it. But yet he still said that he would make the Because he wanted to see if he could do it again. And this time, I think there was a a speech that he made that, yeah, I can create a new one, and I could show it to the world. I can Mm -hmm. make her perfect. Get rid of this. I can do this. And then when he does it and he decides, I'm going to kill it, he gets all obsessed with, oh, here, Father, take all my research and burn it. He kind of went insane with the knowledge that he had the ability to be God, essentially. So when he killed the female creature, he was like, no one should be able to do this because this is insane. And while it's amazing and I'm amazing, no one should do this. And that's why that conversation with he has with Elizabeth is great, too, because he's like, yeah, I created this man. She's like, okay, why did you do that? Yeah, and if you wanted to create life, there's there other are, ways. There are other more fun ways. Yeah. You didn't have to go cut up dead bodies. But then when he did it, like I said, he could have easily killed the monster anytime he wanted to, but he didn't. It was his baby. But and his baby was it. sentient. He didn't love his baby, though. But it was sentient. The female creature was not sentient yet. Right, so he could kill it. No problem. Mm-hmm. And I will have more thoughts afterward, but... After you think about it a little after more. I, th- I need to think about it a little bit more. Yeah, so do I. Any last thoughts about Frankenstein's? No, the plural was, of Frankenstein's? It was, it was good. It was a lot better than I expected. <laughs> Were I you expecting it to be bad? Not bad. I just didn't know how good it would be as a play because you're too used to seeing the... Cheesy monster movies. The cheesy monster movies, yeah. Like the screws in the, the head. Yeah, all that stuff. It's a different lore, isn't it? The actual story than yeah, what I everyone... Know, I don't know why they turned it into such a horror movie. People like, like monster movies for some reason. They like to dehumanize the creature. I mean, they talk about that in the beginning little sequence where this story gives the voice back to the creature. He's no longer the one stumbling around blindly, people yelling at him. He's fighting back. Yeah. Well, thank you for uh, taking like an hour to talk with me. Wow. I know. This is why when Destry and I do recordings, we usually have like a good two and a half hours of stuff. And then he gets to go back through and edit, which he gets to do with this one, too. Okay, fun.